Hey guys, good morning. Welcome to the show before the show. I'm Vic Faust. We're putting the final touches on the show this morning. Glad everybody has a chance to get in here today. We'll talk about the show and Lizzie. She'll be on there in just a second, I'm sure. Good morning, Lizzie. Good morning, Jessica. Hey there, Derek. Derek Pratt, the house. Appreciate that, guys. Man, it is a Tuesday. We are jam-packed at all, as always. Uh, nobody was up at 2 a.m. watching the United States women's soccer team play, were they? I hope you weren't. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be doing that. They, they're bad. I shouldn't say bad. They finished second in their opening round bracket but they look bad they couldn't even score a goal against portugal and again over half the starters just stood there staring at the camera mean refusing to put their hand on their heart hey mike good morning to you hi trisha and Cindy, good morning. Cindy, I promise I still have my cool cup that you brought me for my birthday, the mug. I'm going to bring it in now that I'm drinking some coffee during the show. <laughs> so I haven't done it yet with the special Jim Bean coffee mix. <laughs> I don't have a coffee maker at home, so I have, to, I have to do that. I'm coffee illiterate. Good morning, Sherry. We can try and go. Hey, Kurt, good morning to you, buddy. I mean, seriously, in this day and age, we talk about Americans not knowing how to do things. I really, I don't, I don't make coffee. I don't know how to do it. The, the, <laughs> the, the pouches and the packs, the little cups, it's too easy. Uh, good morning, Elizabeth Sparks and Lizzie Sparks. Uh, Lizzie's not in the studio today. I'm glad she had a chance to go south. She deserves it, that's for sure. Get out of here for a while. Go enjoy um, some sunshine for a while as we get ready to do this show today. Um, got our friend Jonathan Heslop from Rockwood Charcoal, and he loves to talk current events and politics. He'll be in at 9 o'clock. Matter of fact, I need to remind him. Saw him text. We also have an interview at, was I, I didn't see it on the list there, but I sent it to him. Um, we have an interview at 8.30 um, with, um, he's not, not in studio, buddy. He's, he's coming in. And that's Kevin Stockton from the Epic Times. Okay. On what Bidenomics is actually doing to this country in the midst of everything else that he has going on. So, um, looking forward to that. How are you doing today, Big Joe? Man, I can't complain. A little tired, but I'm here. So we welcome everybody in to the show before the show. Um, 
Yeah, we're going to talk. Jay said, did you see Pritzker's laws? I, I, I saw it. We brought it up yesterday. I think Lizzie brought it up. We'll be getting into that, Jay. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find the silver lining in that cloud of doubt, but my God, is it bad? Is it bad? So um, Lizzie will be back on the video line tomorrow. Um, we'll have another big show coming up. Derek will be in tomorrow. Okay. Appreciate everybody jumping in so far. I'm still adding some things up here. We're getting our stuff ready to do go today, guys. I better turn that down. Let's see, Mega Millions. Um, is 1.2 billion jackpot now? A Pennsylvania resident was one ball shy of the 1.2 billion jackpot, but had to settle for a measly five million. Poor guy. <laughs> oh, I know. Hello, five million. Damn, that sucks. Five million dollars. What the hell is going on with our world? Come on, phone. And of course, as always, like, subscribe, share the show, send stars. We appreciate everybody doing that to help the show grow. Uh, it gets out. Jay, good morning, Angie. Our afternoon to you. Kimberly, Trisha, Jay, of course, Illinois, California 2.0. They really are. Hey, hey, Greg, appreciate you jumping already, buddy. Uh, Randy, good morning to you as well. And to Jamie, good morning. Hope you're doing well, Jamie. New house. Kim, good morning. And Tammy, okay, trying to get back through this. That's what hey, Robbie. Robbie Bazell. Um, gosh, I guess you feel good with all the, uh, you don't feel good, but Rob, you've always been ahead of the game when it comes to all kinds of shots that go in arms. That's for sure. Always respected your knowledge and work that you put into it. Uh, Trish said I was up at two, but not watching soccer. It's really sad. Um, anyway, how bad they are right now. <laughs> but too bad, so sad. Um, anyway, those kinds of things happen. All right, we uh, appreciate everybody jumping back in. Um, we are absolutely packed. I don't have Lizzie with me today. However, um, we do have a guest at 8.30, Kevin Stockland, which we'll talk about from the Epic Times on how Biden is actually destroying our economy, if you didn't know already, in the name of green jobs 
And then at 9 o'clock, Jonathan Heslip from Rockwood Charcoal is going to join me as a guest host for our 9 o'clock hour. But we get mesmerized with him, listen him talk charcoal. Um, yeah, he's, he's so good, but he hates it. He's like, I'm not, I don't want to talk charcoal. I was like, damn, but you start talk cooking, you start talking um, ingredients. I mean, I just sit there and I'm like, damn, that's good stuff, Jonathan. He's definitely very good at it. Yeah, he's good. Good, good, good stuff there for sure. Um, hi, Terry. Good morning to you as well. And yeah, this stuff. New York City has massive issues. I just don't know how long they're going to continue to take that. The New Yorkers, I know, they don't take shit like that. They just don't take crap. They don't. And to see what their mayor is doing, I feel bad, but they deserve every bad thing they get, just like San Francisco deserves every bad thing that they get with their homelessness. I won't, I, I, I'm almost about, I'm ready to like lose it. I got to wait. <laughs> Uh, do you know who the richest woman in the world is right now? It's not Oprah anymore. Who's that? <laughs> no. Denise Coates. Who from the that? United Kingdom. $5.5 billion. What does she do? I'm not even familiar. She's a female CEO, one of the wealthiest women uh. in the UK. Founder and CEO of Bet365, an online gambling company. <laughs> How about that? They own about half. Uh, she owns about half the company. The Denise uh, Coates Foundation also donates to a variety of charities. Um, then you have a Chinese woman, Chengzhu, 9% stake in a soy sauce manufacturer. Foshan Haitian Flavoring. Highest paid corporate chieftain by the inaugural Huron China richest professional manager. She's worth $5.7 billion. Oh, well, wait a second. That's more than Denise. They had him in order. These are just the richest, I guess. Fascinating. Go figure. Another Chinese woman. Xiaoyan, $6.2 billion. Maybe Oprah is up there. I was going backwards. We'll see. Gen Z. Let's see. What does she do? Oh, she's the founder of Bloomage International Investment Group. A third Chinese woman worth $6.8 billion. Zhao Kunfei. <laughs> My Chinese. Um, founder of a smartphone screen supplier. Um, Massimilania Landini Aloetti and family. Uh, Italian, $6.8 billion. Jian Jun, another Chinese, seven point two billion uh, technology developer. Dang! Of course, the WalMarts, Nancy Walton, Nancy Walton, eight point two billion. Is this interesting or is this boring? No, I mean it, it, it's interesting to see how many Chinese women, you know, uh, are. Uh, China's very progressive. Yeah, Oprah's not on that list. Um, fa I don't know. It's just fascinating to me that money. Damn, that's a lot of money. Uh, Robbie says, I just watched China get sent home from the World Cup. Great start to the day. <laughs> yes, I agree. Hell yes. Um, anyway, all right. Have to stop voting Democrat. I agree. All right, guys, let's go ahead. We'll get things started here, Joe, if that's cool.
Hey guys, welcome into Cancel This, CancelThisShow.com. I'm Vic Faust. Lizzie Sparks joining on the chat line today. She's on a little vacation. She'll be back with the video tomorrow. We're grateful for that. Projo in-house as well. Of course, this is Cancel This. CancelTheShow.com, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Central Time. And of course, all the time at CancelTheShow.com. Loved it when you guys get involved with the can uh, the Cancel Talk the cancel conversation uh, live podcast your interaction makes it you guys are brilliant most of you <laughs> i'm just teasing love your takes love when you guys get involved whether it's on the live chat line or whether you're listening to the tape show whether you're watching the tape show we're glad you're in i'm vic faust um once again you can go to cancel to check out all of our original content you can check out our partners who were there as well who helped make this show go as well coming up on the show today um yeah, Governor Pritzker in Illinois, he's turning it into California. I think he wants to outdo Newsom to get the nod to replace Joe Biden. That's the only thing I can think about. We'll talk about what he's doing with the illegals and police. We mentioned it yesterday. Uh, Devin Archer, very popular name these days because he is spilling the beans on Biden and the Biden crime syndicate family, regardless of what supporters of Biden said. Does he have supporters? Even when people talk about him, they don't talk about him in gushing terms. He doesn't. It's almost as if, let's lessen the blow so maybe Donald Trump doesn't get as much momentum as he continues to rock and roll. Um, anyway, we'll get into that. A poll backing what I've said. I've seen it. I guess we all know it. High school boys and high school girls. One side's going far right. The other side's going far left. And I've been watching this for the last four years with my own kids. And we've talked about it on the show. Now there's polling out of Michigan that says the damn same thing. 12th graders, what boys are pushing towards, what girls are pushing towards. Why is that happening? We'll break that down. California, um, now looking at a, a subject where they're going to um, they're going to push this through. It's already passed the initial votes on determining sentencing for people of color differently than people who are white, considering the upbringing that they had. <laughs> Joe, you always look at me like, what the What's going on, dude? Yeah, that is just... Okay. Uh, I'll be curious to hear that one. Uh, you can't make it up. Uh, this Biden thing is going to get worse. Um, there's video now, or at least it's come back to haunt him, bragging about how he was strong-arming the Ukrainians to get a prosecutor fired. Yeah, well, that's going to come back on him. Kevin McCarthy's going to have a decision to make in the House. That's for sure. Whether impeachment's there, we'll get into that as well. Um New York City, Merrick Adams basically telling all New Yorkers um, the homelessness is going to get worse. Just brace for it. It's going to hit your community. The effing mayor is eh, just, it's going to happen. It's going to, it's nothing we can do about it. It's going to affect your community. Gee, thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mayor Adams. Um, you know what, New York, you deserve everything you get if you just sit there and don't do anything. You continue to vote these kind of people in. That's what you get. A startling statistic about San Francisco when it comes to death and the amount of people who are dying in a certain amount of time from fentanyl and all their homeless camps. Yep, San Francisco um, looking like they've done. Um, we'll also um, remind you of a video. I know we showed it about six months ago, but it, it's so fascinating. When it comes to The Simpsons in 2024, uh, they never stop. And uh, another reminder of Kamala Harris and why she is the worst vice president in the history of this country. But coming up at 830, we're also going to talk with Kevin Stockland of the Epic Times just for a little chat about what Biden economics is actually doing to our country. Uh, we love this original content. That's what we do here. But first, take a look at our partners as we jump in for a couple minutes. If you need any of their products, please let them know that you heard about them from Cancel This 
and stay with us. Like, subscribe, share the show. We jump right back into this right after the break with all of the crap that has gone down with Devin Archer yesterday and the sound that you can't miss. Just to remind you from Biden that national media refuses to cover. You know, Fox, News, Mac, Max, OAN, they're covering it. Um, guess what CNN and every other national news headline is covering? They're covering Trump. <laughs> Hoping to get some ratings. All right, back right after this. Carroll House has the largest selection of solid wood with the hottest new styles. Real furniture that's built to last, like our solid bedrooms, living rooms, and dining from Kincaid. Our volume enables us to save you a lot of money, especially during our solid wood sale. Plus, get free financing, fast free delivery, and free in-home design. So for solid wood, sweet styles, and solid service since 1964, shop over three football fields of furniture at Carroll House, because you like nice things. Hey guys, this is Dr. Mahesh Bagway. I'm an orthopedic surgeon here in St. Louis for over the last 20 years. I went to Washington University. I got my medical degree at St. Louis University. From local high school athletes, college athletes, weekend warriors, injured workers, and even Cardinal baseball players, I've treated them all. Our practice strives to personalize care with every new patient being seen by me. To find me, contact my staff at drbagway.com. That's D-R-B-A-G-W-E.com. Hopefully you don't need me, but if you do, you can find me now. Jonathan, what does make Rockwood so special? Rockwood, we carbonize it higher than anybody else does. So we're cooking out everything that produces ash, smoke, anything like that. Uh, it gives you a lot more control over the temperature, a lot more control over the fire, and it's a 100% Missouri product. All right, where can people get it? It's at 100 plus locations around St. Louis, any Deerberg, Straub's, uh, meat markets, wine and cheese stores, hardware stores, you name it, we're around St. Louis. Just check the website. And good charcoal should be able to break apart your hands like absolutely, yeah. Right? If, if you can't break it apart by hand, it's not charcoal yet. It's still wood. They didn't do the job, so make sure it can break apart by hand. All right, get your rockwood charcoal, Marco. Wait. What? No response? Hi, I'm Curtis Barks with Complete Auto Body and Repair, offering full service and auto repair to St. Louis and St. Charles. We are looking for someone to say polo. That's right. We are hiring. We want you now. If you would like to work in a well-paying environment, then you owe it to yourself to stop by one of our six Complete Auto Body and Repair locations. Will you help me find that missing person? Please call me directly at 636-488-HIRE. That's right. 636-488-4473. Dad and service. Oh yeah, and service. Attention, anyone who served, lived, or worked at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987. Camp Lejeune's drinking water was dangerously toxic, and base personnel and their families have since suffered cancer and other illnesses. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and were diagnosed with cancer, you may be eligible for significant compensation. Call the Driscoll firm now. Consultations are free, and you won't pay a fee unless we get you the money you deserve. 1-800-805-4800. Hey guys, welcome back into Cancel This, CancelThisShow.com. I'm Vic Faust, Lizzie Sparks, alongside on the chat line today, not in studio. She is headed south on vacation. We wish her the best. She's going to be with us, though, so she's not leaving. She'll be back on video the next couple days uh, after today. Pro Joe's in the house, and of course, I'm Vic Faust. Go to CancelTheShow.com. 
remember to remind people, hey, how do you watch them? Cancelthishow.com. It's that easy. You know you did it yourself. And then you find out how to find us wherever you are. Uh, coming up at 830, we're going to talk Kevin Stockton from the Epic Times about Biden economics destroying America's economy with green jobs. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Nine o'clock. Uh, we've got our friend Jonathan Heslip from Charcoal joining me in the studio today. Rockwood Charcoal. Um, Kimberly says, by the way, our local news is a joke. Last night only covered more trouble for Donald Trump involving a Mar-a-Lago raid. Uh, I told you, you have to be careful. It is. I mean, I, I like the people, but the decisions that are made at a local level, it's very um, remedial, <laughs> to say the least. Everybody's afraid. Oh, no. Let's stay to our little structure because this is what they told us we're going to do. And we can't break out of that. And how dare we cover Donald Trump in a positive way? Anyway, uh, that kind of crap's going on. All right, big news. We got all these things to get to. We already told you what we were going to do. Okay. So, do you remember when Joe Biden bragged? I mean, he literally bragged on video, which we'll show you, about using a billion dollars of U.S. taxpayer dollars as leverage, so to speak to fire or to get the Ukrainian prosecutor fired, who was investigating Burisma at the time, who had Hunter Biden on staff. Burisma, as we're told, would not have made it if it wouldn't have been for their involvements with the United States, with their connection, Hunter Biden. Who was Hunter Biden connected to? Yeah, Joe Biden. We also found out yesterday from Devin Archer's testimony, best friend of Hunter, that yes, Joe Biden was involved in several phone calls. Now, supporters of Joe Biden will say, oh, well, that doesn't mean he was talking business. He just walked by and said hi, or he was on a phone and said hi. It's a bunch of bullshit. You know it is. I know it is. And that's why it's not stopping. And it's also why Kevin McCarthy and the House is going to have a serious decision to make fairly soon, which involves their own political careers. I'll explain in just a little bit. But Devin Archer laid out a countless list of Quote, what Representative Comer calls evidence. Supporters of Biden say it's not. Of course, they're not. They didn't even cover the story. CNN, MSNBC, World News, they didn't cover it. They didn't even cover it. It's the biggest story. It's arguably one of the biggest stories I've ever seen with a president. It is massive. The crime aspect of it. But once again, we already know if, if you like Biden or should I say if you hate Trump, you're not going to believe anything that's true and nothing's going to change your mind because of your pride. It's a human thing. We all have it. And we tend to look for things that make us feel better or, or validate our opinions. Uh, but we have to get out. And that's why you have to look at all the news everywhere you possibly can. Um, listen to the arrogance when Joe Biden still had somewhat of a brain talking about what he did back then as vice president, which is now coming back to haunt him because yesterday, Devin Archer testified under oath, under oath, under oath, that Burisma paid them to do it, to go after and get this guy fired because of the Bidens and the money. Well, I, I, I was, not I, I, but it just happened to be, that was the assignment I got. I, I, I got all the good ones. Uh, uh, and uh, so I got Ukraine, and uh, um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from. Uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. 
So they said they had they were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired. Oh, that makes my blood boil. What an arrogant prick he is, at least when he had. I mean, seriously, that is an arrogant prick right there. I'm Joe Biden. I'm untouchable because Daddy Obama lets me do what I want to do. I mean, seriously, how bad is that shit? This guy wasn't untouchable. He just forgot about it. Many times in life, as parents, we set examples for our kids, right? We try to. It doesn't mean they're always going to work out perfectly. Uh, but I have seen far too many cases of kids growing up to be more like their parents than not being like their parents. You may disagree. But Hunter sitting back watching dad do all the shit he has done for so long. Why do you think Hunter became like he became? Because dad allowed him to become that way. That was his witness. That was his idol. That was his hero. How the hell did he learn how to do this stuff? It was because Joe Biden was in a position to do the things that he did. Um, he was used to doing it. If you're going to do something like that and then just talk about it publicly, yeah, I'm Joe Biden. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> I get exactly what I want. If that doesn't make your blood boil, I don't know what does. He's talking about the prosecutor, Victor Shokin. Now, Shokin was investigating the Ukrainian energy company, Burisma, for corruption. Of course, Hunter Biden was on their board, just giving you the backdrop of the story for those who don't know. So Burisma um, put Biden on its board for a million dollars a year. Yeah, just some American. Yeah, we're going to put him on. We're going to put him on our Ukrainian board. Uh, yeah, who goes over and gets a, a job with Burisma Energy the Company just out of the blue? We already know that was tied to <laughs> Joe Biden. So he had no experience in energy. Zero! Yet he's appointed to a board for a million dollars a year in Ukraine. Now you start to see some of that. So not only did he not have any experience in energy, he didn't even speak Ukrainian or Russian. <laughs> in fact, he was the vice president's son. And as you just heard Joe Biden say, well, I was in charge of Ukraine. I got all the good assignments. Yeah. And we see what happened. So... Um, the FBI 1023 sheet that we've been talking about, the investigative forms do show that a confidential informant saying Burisma execs paid $10 million to the Bidens to handle the problems for Burisma. Oh, and then they avoided bankruptcy. And lo and behold, guess who was fired as Joe Biden was just joking about? The prosecutor who was trying to bring him down, doing his job, which he was voted to do. He was fired. Shokin. He was absolutely <laughs> taking care of Burisma's problems, went away, and then Joe Biden bragged about it in that video. I hope that gives you a little bit of an idea of one of the situations that happened yesterday regarding that. Um, what were you talking about? But you can talk to me. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to him. Yeah, we, we were going to get to him coming up here. I letting you know. Okay. Um, so we had to get to, to break that down to what is actually happening with Joe Biden. That was one of the situations that came up yesterday. Then, in the midst of all of this, bomb after bomb, 
dropped yesterday. Representative Comer said, yes, this shows Biden corruption. There is evidence. Then you have the left. Oh, no, there's there's no evidence of him talking to anybody. Then you had Democratic Representative Dan Goldman, who went out and, and did his best. This is this is pretty bad. <laughs> but trying to stick up for Joe Biden. I feel bad. Like I said, I, while KJP is the worst press secretary this country has ever had, I, I do believe she's had the worst job as well. You Think about this. You have to work with Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and whoever those puppet masters are. Somebody's got to keep them going. And KJB is tasked with doing that. Um, and, and she doesn't do a good job. But listen to this poor sucker trying to stick up for Joe Biden. Confirmed. You're saying that the speakerphone conversations, they don't seem concerning to you because there is no specifics about business. And it just seemed like it was clear about- that it was clear that, that it was as part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father. Um, and it was and and sounds like most of the time uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner. He was just asked to say hello. Uh, and he would, you know, talk about the the way he described it several times. They asked over and over and over. He described what the weather was, how uh, how what's going on on your end. He the the witness was very very consistent that none of those conversations ever had to do with any business dealings or transactions. They were purely what he called casual conversations. Uh, yeah. They were talking about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Right. <laughs> okay. Yep, that's right. Uh, but that's not it. Then KJP was asked about Hunter Biden's best friend, of course, Devin Archer, who we were just talking about. He testified that Biden, as vice president also, met with Russia's Yelena Baturina, who later, hmm, follow the trail here, invested... million into Hunter Biden's real estate ventures. Okay, then guess what? She also paid Hunter Biden $3.5 million in consulting fees. Okay. She's the billionaire widow of a Moscow mayor who was found to be corrupt. And guess what happened right right after the payments were made? She was left off. I repeat, left off the sanctions list that Biden had put together. Once again, another example, bought and paid for. This is massive, and it doesn't matter if local news and national news won't cover it. It's real. It's a fact. It's going on, and it's another example of what we were seeing Devin Archer bring forward. Okay, now for our very hardcore viewers and listeners. So what happens? Where does it go? Well, if the DA, the DOJ won't do shit about it, I don't know. It just goes to show you that the DOJ is the most corrupt DOJ we have ever seen. I mean, this is the... President Trump's own DOJ investigated him for a phone call that he made. Yet this DOJ refuses to do anything with the whole situation regarding the Bidens. Okay, yeah, Todd says you can't make this up. You can't. Black and white, black and white, black and white, all the way down the page. So what can the House do? What's the House going to do? I don't know. Kevin McCarthy and the House can impeach. They've done it to a president three times. The Senate would then have, just to remind everybody, the House, they have the sole authority to impeach. The Senate then has the sole authority to, quote, investigate it or try the impeachment. Nobody has ever gone through that with the Senate. The Senate has never gone on and impeached as well. Um, it's a signal. 
virtual signaling, I, I guess, if you will, um, to impeach Biden. But it is interesting that Kevin McCarthy has only talked lightly around it. And guess who's talking about impeaching Biden, who Biden should be impeached? The most popular man in the, in the Republican Party, and that is Donald Trump. He continues to bring it up. Why isn't Kevin McCarthy impeaching? Why isn't this man impeached? He should be. I'll be curious to see if that continues to push forward. I mean, we try to be real on this show. I don't know if it does anything for McCarthy or not. I, I don't know if you do it, but it's not just McCarthy. Why are these Republicans afraid to impeach? They're going to have to run for reelections. Will that hurt them in their situation as well? I don't know. We'll get into all of that. But Biden has a ton of issues right now, not to mention his Biden economics. And we talked to our good friend, Kevin Stockland from the Epic Times. Um, as we bring him into the show, we also report Robert Peter Ball jumping in giving the Epic Times some credit as well. Uh, Bud Light suffered another weekly sales plunge, according to sales data. No surprise there. Kevin, we welcome you back into Cancel This, CancelThisShow.com. Thank you for taking so much time. I guess the news isn't going to get any better for Biden as we talk to you about Biden economics. Uh, that's true. Yeah, more bad news, unfortunately. Um, can you explain what's going on with Biden economics and why people should be very concerned? Uh, well, there's just a new report that came out looking specifically at the EV industry, the electric vehicles, and um, he has uh, spent or, or allocated about $200 billion to uh, build out EV assembly plants in the United States and also passed all sorts of emissions regulations coming out of the EPA to effectively force car makers to, to switch to uh, producing EVs. Unfortunately, it's looking like, according to this report, that it's costing between two and seven million dollars each job, each EV job created, and these jobs are paying between forty and fifty thousand dollars. So it's looking like a tremendous waste of money, or rather, a, a payoff to the insiders in the auto industry that's not really making its way down to the workers. So where do they go from here then? Do you do an about face? Uh, well, that doesn't sound like what they're doing. It's Ford and GM are kind of saying that they're all in on this transition. They've got a carrot and a stick, you know, with the regulations and with the subsidies. They've got three huge problems, however. The one, it doesn't look like consumers want EVs in anywhere near the kind of numbers that the Biden administration is trying to force them to make. Uh, two, it's highly questionable whether they can even source the materials that they need to make all these batteries. Um, and three, uh, it is also highly questionable whether our power grid can even charge all these electric vehicles if this becomes a mainstream product. And where do the batteries go when they die out? Well, they become toxic waste. Uh, there, there's uh, theorizing that we can recycle these things, but there's no technology to do that yet. So uh, in 10 years or eight years time or however long these batteries can last, um, they're probably going to end up in toxic waste landfills. Uh, we're talking with Kevin Stockland from the Epic Times. Um, you've done a lot of great work. You're experienced at this. Um, when you have an administration that continues to push forward these kind of ideals, these kind of regulations, um, they know what's going on, right? I mean, doesn't it seem almost intentional? You know, this is a question that I always ask myself because if we look at these policies, uh, they're hugely wasteful. Um, they divert, devote, de, divert resources away from what the consumer wants, um, and insiders get rich. And this is always the hallmark of government industrial policy. 
Um, and they don't even help the environment. The emissions coming out of EVs, when you look at what it takes to build these things, are, are horrendous. So the question is, why are they doing this? And I'm always asking people why, and they say, well, we can't really speak to motives. Is it, is it stupidity? Is it ignorance? Do they just have no idea about energy economics? Do they not look at the big picture? Or is there another agenda here? Maybe they want to control industries. Maybe they want to control the economy. I don't know. You know, we can only speculate in terms of motives, but it certainly is not to help the environment. That, that I don't think ever was the rationale, um, and it certainly isn't the effect. Uh, Kevin Jay from our comment line says, isn't it clear that green benefits China? End of story. Well, it does benefit China. Um, it benefits China with EVs in two ways. One, um, you know, China is already ahead of us in terms of assembling these vehicles. So um, they are able to do it cheaper. And uh, the, it, all the car makers that, that make this jump into EVs are losing their whole history of competitive advantage. You look at all the reputations that BMW and, and these other automakers, Toyota, have, have built for building these amazingly you know, efficient, uh, high-performance vehicles. You lose all that when you jump to EVs, and China has the advantage there. But the other area where China really has the advantage is the control of the raw materials. All of these minerals, whether it's lithium or cobalt or whatever, that go into making these batteries, um, they go through refinery uh, process in China. Uh, China has a virtual monopoly on that. And so what we're left with as U.S. automakers is to become just assembly plants for these batteries that are essentially already, you know, the raw materials are already coming from China. So it's a big loss for U.S. automakers. It's potentially a big win for Chinese automakers. Um, and it's definitely a loss for U.S. consumers. Uh, we're talking with Kevin Stockland from the Epic Times. Robert says, do you have any experience with this in your studies? He says that the ICE, the ICE vehicle employees, are also being forced out now with buyouts, which is going to complicate this problem even further. Yeah, so part of this report uh, said that your average wage uh, for a, an auto worker in the U.S. is nearly $60,000. The new wages that they are offering uh, to build these EVs and these assembly plants uh, range from the low 40s to the low 50s. So it's, it, it's a pay cut for uh, auto workers for sure. And, um, you know, the what we're seeing is that automakers, you know, Ford just uh, announced they're probably going to lose about $4.5 billion on EVs. Well, they're making money on the internal combustion engine cars, but to the extent that they do this transition, uh, they're going to have to jack up the price of internal combustion cars or make fewer of them. And yeah, those jobs are going to go. Those higher paying jobs are going to go as a result. On a scale of one to 10, when it comes to the worry factor, where do you put this right now? Uh, well, I would say it's very worrisome. I mean, we depend on cars for transportation. And to the extent that we're, we're now, the industry is now being forced to transition to EVs. You know, this is really the hallmark of this administration. They're not going to tell you, hey, we're banning internal combustion engines. We're just going to force the automakers to stop making them. Um, so from the perspective of just our ability to, to transport ourselves, um, this is going to drive up the price tremendously of all cars. Um, if we actually try to electrify our transportation, um, what we're going to see is that the grid can't handle it and, and these cars are not going to be chargeable in any sort of a crisis. Uh, I believe the auto industry represents about 3% of our GDP. Mm -hmm. So to have these automakers start to go bankrupt because they've made this huge bet and, and, they're, and their money is not coming back to them on it, 
um, that's going to be a big hit to the economy. And there's a huge trickle down, all the suppliers and everything else. So, um, you know, if this were the only thing that we were doing, it would be a huge problem. But we're looking at the same things with power generation, with farming and everything else. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's clear to many people, China's in charge of everything that we're doing right now. That scares the hell out of me. And then on top of that, um, we've got a situation now where workers are having to take less money if they're even working there. And I still remember, it wasn't all that long ago, the big three had government bailouts. And it just makes me wonder, you know, we bailed you out, you do what we tell you to do. This is what's happening. Deals being made behind the scenes. I know that can sound silly, but it just makes me wonder why we would continue down a path like this. Well, I think that's very likely how this ends up with another auto bailout. Uh, as these automakers realize they, they can't sell these vehicles, uh, the costs of producing them have gone through the roof because the cost of sourcing these minerals is, is going up. Um, they're losing money. And what are they going to do? They're going to go to the government and they're going to say, hey, you told us to do this. Uh, now we're, we're facing bankruptcy and you're going to bail us out. Anything else while we have you on the phone ca- or on the, uh, the chat line here today, Kevin, uh, for people to look for any projects you're working on that we can keep in contact with you? I love your knowledge and I love you jumping on with us when you can. Yeah, well, I'm always also focused on, you know, one of the areas that I look at is our our power grid. Um, And this is a huge worry. You know, they say that your average EV requires as much electricity as two and a half air conditioning units, home air conditioning units. Oh, my God, I've never heard of that. Yeah, and this is from the um, the uh, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, and they've done a study on this. So what it means is, to the extent that we put cars on the grid, the, to the extent that we put stoves on the grid and home heating on the grid, and, and shift away from a diversity of energy sources to electricity, um, we are becoming so dependent on our power grid, and it is becoming less and less capable of delivering energy for us. And the concern is that rolling blackouts or worse could become the norm in the United States. So this is another area that I've been focusing on quite a bit, um, and it's it's something that people should keep an eye on. That When I listen to you say that, Kevin, it seems like there's no doubt in your mind we're going to have rolling blackouts. Well, we seem to be headed that way, and it's not only that the supply that we're forced to, to increase our demand for electricity, but the supply is also in jeopardy because they're retiring coal plants and gas plants and making the, the grid utterly dependent on wind and solar, which, as we know, uh, comes and goes with the weather. Yeah, it certainly does. Hey, I'll just you brought up solar. Where do you see solar going? What do you think about solar? Because I've, I've seen some companies come in and come out trying to sell solar. What do you think the long-term play is there? Well, again, so all of these solar panels, all of these minerals go through China. They're, they're mined in places like Congo and South America. So, um, you know, that supply is also highly dependent on China. Um, but I think people are going to find it's an incredibly expensive energy source. Um, it's reliable in certain areas uh, where the sun shines all the time. You would not want solar energy in New England, for example. Um, but lastly, it takes up enormous amounts of space to build out all of these solar farms. This takes up, um, you know, virgin land. It, it hurts uh, animals and, and other, you know, uh, plant life that depend on, on that, um, those areas. So I think people are going to increasingly start pushing back. They don't want these uh, solar farms. Um, but the subsidies are there, and so I think we're going to continue to build them somehow. Uh, Kevin Stockland with the Epic Times. I love having you on, man. I, I appreciate the education. You're super in these subjects. Uh, please uh, stay uh, stay posted. We'll be looking for you to get you back on as this stuff comes up, all right? 
My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And by the way, I love the Epic Times. Great job. Thank you so much to everything that you guys do. Kevin Stockland uh, jumping in with us this morning. I mean, that's a lot of information in a short amount of time. None of it good, but all of it real. Um, We don't want to just give happy news. Stick your head in the sand. It's cookies and lemonade poolside all the time Uh, because this crap is affecting your lives. And according to Kevin, it sounds like it's going to be affecting us even more in times to come. I mean, (laughs) what industry is doing well? The car industry is not doing well. Uh, Robert Peterball uh, from Michigan, just because I know him, he jumps in a lot and explains some of the things that are going there, and they're going to go through a lot more issues, which is unfortunate. So, uh, Derek Pratt, friend of the show, uh, co-host of the show as well, um, he was jumping in. I was trying to see what Derek said there. I lost him. He says, I have solar. It is helping cut my electric bill. So, there's another perspective uh, from Derek Pratt, because solar is one of those issues that, you know, we had him on the show before. We've had somebody talking about it. Jay says, I looked into solar and the estimate was about 30,000. The, the, the whole situation with solar is you pay up front, I think, and then you have the savings over time. Uh, we'll have Derek talk about that uh, tomorrow. He'll be on the show tomorrow as well. Maybe he can do that. Aaron thinks that green is a death cult. Um, yeah, the smart grids. We're all, I mean, it does sound to me, and I know everybody has their opinions. The government wants us relying on a power grid that they can turn on and turn off whenever they would want. Robbie says, I'd rather have a blackout than experimental uh, biologic funded stuff by Bill Gates plunged into my arm, of course, talking about cupcakes, that's for sure, or any other of those things. He reminds us the data is one in 35 people who got the booster had myocarditis. Um, uh, yeah, that was another side there. Eddie Hortzman says, we have power outages now. I can't wait till there are more electric cars on my block and battery charging stations all around. One car, the equivalent of two air conditioning units. Think about that. Adding. That's just adding to what we already have right now. Adding all of that into the mix. It makes you wonder, what the hell's going on? I mean, and as Kevin said, it's all government regulated. This is all being pushed forward by government. Can a new president change that? Yeah, and some of it. But once again, with all that there is to do in four years... I don't know if you can get a lot of that stuff done, taken care of. There's a push for electric. I've said it before. Um, One of the best cars I ever had and I loved, and maybe it was selfish, was a hybrid. It was amazing. I loved it. And um, I don't know if everybody had a hybrid, if it would work better for our environment or not, if it would work better for the power grid, but he just explained it. Remember, natural resources taken up. Is there enough natural resources for everybody to have an EV car? He says no. Um, then where are you going to put the batteries? They become toxic waste when they're done. And how is it going to affect the power grid when the power grid isn't as good as that we need it to be right now before more are made? And Americans are starting to see it. You see the loss that Ford just took with the EVs. It, I mean, Americans are not buying the EV cars as they thought that they would be. I, I mean, hey, and I know people who have EVs and they love their EVs and they work great. They love them. But as Peter George says, where is the common sense? There isn't because we get lost. We're a lost society. Not all of us, but as, but as, a, as an American public, we're lost. We're just like, oh, okay, whatever. Do what you want, whatever. It doesn't matter. Which is why we've always said not to be fatalistic. It's almost as if we have to lose everything before we realize what we had before we start making really good decisions again. Uh, Helen also added, yeah, and changing the environment, the wildlife, everything from that standpoint, which is ironically, these 
these concepts, these principles, these regulations, they're Democratic-led. They are. They're Democratic-led. Green energy. Yet, the green energy people are always talking about our environment and wildlife. Say one thing, do another. Say one thing, do another. And that's just one example of what's happening from that standpoint. Um, what Robert Kennedy Jr. is the only candidate that will fight to get our health and freedom back. Um, yeah, you know. Robert Kennedy was uh, mentioned by Ron DeSantis last week as possibly being, if he was a president, his maybe director of some medical organizations, um, maybe CDC, something of that nature, try to get some, uh, <laughs> get some respectability back to that job. Okay, I'm Vic Faust. This is Cancel This, CancelTheShow.com. Lizzie Sparks is on vacation today. She's on the chat line, making sure everybody's still chatting it up. We appreciate it. Of course, canceltheshow.com. Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Central and all the time on our website at canceltheshow.com. This is a fascinating polling to me because I've talked about it before. Um, watching my, my children go through this. I have a daughter who's a junior in college now. Um, in high school, she was one of a few who was just, I, I wouldn't call she was more conservative than anything. Um, the, the two boys I have, um, one just graduated from high school, another one's going to be a sophomore. Um, very, very, very into conservative ideals. They just are. Um, that's what they've chosen to be so far. At least that's what they, they identify with. And I've asked them all along the line. My daughter suffered with a friend group because most of the girls at her private high school were ultra, ultra liberal, ultra liberal, ultra left, ultra liberal, even when their parents were not. And I was like, hmm. And my daughter was in the minority. Then the boys at the schools that they've gone to, they tell almost all the boys are conservative. <laughs> boys conservative. And I've been saying it on this podcast and radio before. I don't know why. You know what did that though? Well, we can get into it. What do you say? Roe versus Wade. Well, maybe. I, I could see that. I think that that's the The heartstrings and thing. my body. And yep. That's the biggest thing that, that took them over the edge. And, and this has been going on for quite some time. And then it just depends on how you push messages out. Um, there's now some polling that was done on this. And it shows exactly what I have been saying and at least what I have witnessed in the St. Louis area. Um, 12th grade boys are nearly twice as likely to identify as a conservative versus liberal. That's according to a new federal survey of American youth. This is actually going on right now before our eyes. Um, the other situation with this that was done, um, you know, it's, there's this media message that younger people are all liberal. That's not, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not sure that that's true, um, but the new polling that has come out, and it says that their annual surveys the last three years, roughly one quarter of high school seniors, about 25%, identified as conservative, very conservative, on the Monitoring the Future survey. It's a scholarly endeavor that dates back to the 70s. Only 13% of boys identified as liberal. <laughs> In those years. That's it. And then when you look at the map, the political, the political identities of 12th grade boys and predicting what they're going to be, um, right now in the year, you know, in the last couple of years, 
it was about 28% of the boys considered themselves to be very, very conservative. And l girls, um, let's see, they were liberal at about the same, the same numbers. Girls who are drifting to the left, they share the 12th grade girls who identified as liberal rose from 19% in 2012. This may go with what you were saying, Joe, to 30% this last year. So 11% increase of 12th grade girls <clears throat> going that way to the left. And only 12% of the girls last year identified as conservative. That's it. So boys are choosing conservative. Girls are choosing liberal at a higher rate. Not saying everybody, but that is where they really are right now. The, the survey is fascinating to me. Um, women ages 18 to 29 more likely to identify as liberal now than at any time in the past two decades. That's according to Gallup. They do a lot of pretty good surveys. Um, young women are almost twice as likely as young men to claim the liberal tag. And that is increasing as well. So you start to break down some of the other political leanings. Uh, the men have changed just a little bit over the past two decades. Um, last year, 43% of young men identified as moderate, 31% as conservative, 24% as liberal. 20 years earlier, the numbers were pretty much the same. Guys were around the same. But you grew up liberal, right? Well, I, I've always been in the middle, but leaned liberal. And that was up until just a, you know recent times. Yeah, yeah, a few years ago. Um, here's the other breakdown I find is very, very fascinating. The leftward drift of the young women um, are moving the needle on the young adults as a whole. But Generation Z, Gen Zers, favor liberalism over conservatism by a 48 to 33% margin. But again, that comes from NBC polling, which is ultra-liberal. Anytime I see NBC, ABC, CBS next to a polling, MSNBC, be careful, CNN, uh, 10 years earlier, young adults were split evenly between the two political parties. Um, what does this mean? What do you make of it? Once again, it's the Monitoring the Future survey. You can look it up and check it out more if you want to. Um, but it is fascinating, and I was curious what people's examples have been with their own kids, wherever they are. Donna says the young kids want freebies. They're used to having everything they want in life, everything given to them. Is that true? I've talked to some young kids who bust their ass, and it's very difficult. You can't do generalizations when you have these subjects. We're talking about groups of people when it comes to the percentages and what has happened. Um, as as uh, Jessica says, wait till they start paying taxes. Uh, that was the same thing that happened to Eric. Eric said, I was more liberal leaning until I started a business. And I was like, what? What the hell is going on? Are you kidding me? I've got to do this and do that. Um, yeah, you've got to pay a lot of taxes. And then you start to look at what may make sense and may not. Jay, this is a situation that happened with my daughter when she went to the University of Missouri. He says, I think it's a peer pressure gaslighting situation to try and convince millennials that they are supposed to be liberal. I'll allow the quote, the bleeding heart liberal. You know what? It's You got to have these conversations. You got to break things down. But at the same point in time, I'm just trying to give numbers. These are facts. And then you try to figure out what you have dealt with. Joe said he felt it was the Roe versus Wade, which is why girls were you know, you ha you're upcoming, you're growing up. You're like, yeah, this is my body, my body, right? And, my body. I can saw, do with it what I want. Nobody can tell me what I want to do with my body. And they saw Republicans take that away in their eyes. In their eyes, they saw Republicans take that away because they were paying attention. Liberalism is fun, all fun and games until you got to pay attention. 
Robert Peterbaugh says it's the media, guys. The media messaging that goes out. It's the messaging that goes out on platforms, social media, um, making sure that people understand what's happening, what's not happening. Um, the left has done a pretty good job. It's also an easy sell, too. Hey, feel good. Just everybody does whatever they want. It's all good. You know, just everybody should do it. You're not thinking about the big picture. It's almost like it's an inch deep, mile wide mindset of everything. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, man, who, you shouldn't tell you what to, without actually breaking down because <laughs> there's so much in life that you do this, there's a ripple effect. Something affects something, which affects something, which affects something. But too many times we don't take the time to look at what else is going on. Heather says, when God was removed from schools, it all started to go downhill. Yeah, I've heard that comment before. We took the Pledge of Allegiance uh, out of classrooms, and we had to replace them with metal detectors and so forth. Um, we took God out of schools, and now we have all kinds of craziness in schools, and we have lost our way. Um, and you know, now we've taken the Constitution, Constitu the Constitution out of the government. Uh, Robbie adds, uh, be your own God is what is pushed and pushed back against Christian values, which built this country into what we are today. Yeah, it's the me, it's the me disease. Uh, you're a basketball guy. Pat Riley described it as one of the worst things that this country has ever had. It would destroy countries, leadership, and teams. The me disease. What about me? Me, me, me. But if you look at all of advertising that's out there right now and has been out there for at least 30 years your way it's about you you deserve this you deserve we do it sounds great yeah i deserve this i deserve that who decides what we deserve and why is that because if you ask any of us humans we think we deserve a lot more of good than maybe the bad that happens to us right it's all about you, you, you do this. You don't deserve this. You don't. Do, I, I want to do what I want to do. Um, and Robbie says that's what Facebook is all about. Um, Joe Zerferth agrees with you, Pro Joe, with what you were saying when it comes to the situation of um, looking at what may happen with the messaging to kids when it comes to um, Roe v. Wade, uh, abortion, um, Hollywood pushing out the messages, the singers. Um, because once kids start to like somebody or like a hero, then it's like, oh, then if they start talking their messaging, and if it's liberal, I, Taylor Swift, it's difficult for kids to differentiate between music and actors and athletes who they love, and then they start saying things. And that can go both ways, but they start saying, well, I like this and I like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, those are the people I love. Of course, I'm going to follow them. Um Nobody paid attention to Hollywood, the Satanist capital in the USA. Um, but that polling, again, just kind of goes to show what's happening. And I'm not sure if people around high school age kids and what their personal experiences are right now. Um, but, 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 um, I, I think it's an example of what I have seen. No doubt about it. And when you try to find out what people are trying to do when it comes to voting and who they like and, and what they like. But the peer pressure is massive, especially for, for 12th graders. There's no doubt about it. Um, even younger and especially girls. It's di more difficult for girls. My sons have told me that we don't really talk about it all that much. But it's interesting because... Both boys who go to two different schools say it's almost like it's not cool if you're not a conservative. It's almost that way. And then if you're a female, it's not cool if you're for the conservatives. 
<laughs> I'm like, you can't make this crap up. It's just what's happening in our life. And is there something great? Is there something spiritual at play to divide men and women? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we have to wait and see what happens when people get older and you look at who's voting for who when it comes to the elections. And then, of course, you look at different parts of the country and who is deciding to vote this way and that way. Robert adds Psalms 82.6, I said, ye are gods and all of you sons of the Most High. Not sure where you were going with that. Um, Lizzie, thank you. Spot on with the kids. And um, Bendy says, good. We need manly conservative men. Yeah, we do. But that's also, men have a lot of uh, responsibility in this too because men need to lead their families. Men need to be strong leaders. Men need to take care, if you're in these relationships, take care of the women. Make them feel respected. Um, that's that, that's a whole other topic when it gets into leadership and what a man is supposed to do with a family and both sexes respond, you know, respecting each other. Uh, but it all starts with the men. I've always said that you are responsible. You need to take care of it as a man. Um, you have to take care of a wife, a girlfriend, your kids. You need to be that emotional leader. But sometimes people get pissed at me because I also had that spiritual leader because there's so much in life from a spiritual standpoint that affects everything that's going on in this country. Um, Hunter gathers. Oh, I thought you were making a comment about Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there was a great example there or not. Hunter became his dad, as we have seen, <laughs> uh, to shed a little bit of light on some of those things that are going on right now. Damn you, Hunter. Would it be nice to get a million dollar job on the Ukrainian board? You have no experience in energy. You know, it's we're going like, to give you a million dollars a year. You don't speak Ukrainian. You don't speak Russian. But we're still putting you on that board. Why? Gee, I don't know. Is it because Joe Biden told us to? It seems like Joe Biden is the painter and Hunter is the painter's son. And since the, the painter's son is just such a loser, he's like, no, you're coming to work with me one of these days and you're going to do what I tell you to do. Oh, Lizzie says, men need to be leaders of our families and protect us. We can be strong women, but we need our strong, godly men. Yeah, that's where, and I'm not trying to turn it all scriptural, but there's a reason why man was made, women, a woman was made, and um, families continue on. There's a, there's a dynamic that's supposed to exist and connect and produce life. Um, anyway, um, this is cancel this, cancel this show.com. Um, Aaron said Hunter did sell money laundering paintings. <laughs> yeah, I and I do th I think it was a, wasn't it a Democratic rep or something? I thought some Democrat bought his paintings and I'm like, oh my God, everything they do is shady. Nothing's above board. We talked a lot about that in the first 30 minutes of the show. We'll touch upon that again. Um, we've got Jonathan Heslip from Rockwood Charcoal coming up. He's going to join me as a co-host here. Um, he's like, I'm not talking charcoal. But the dude is so brilliant when it comes to that stuff. But he's got a lot of experience when it comes to um, talking politics. Um, you know, we still got to get to what Governor Pritzker has done in Illinois um, with illegals. I mean, this is just off the charts, insanely crazy. Um, what California may be trying to do, <laughs> and it all has to do with the color of your skin. It's it's sad. Eric Adams has a bunch of crap going on in New York right now that is not good. And also an incredibly horrible, sad stat from San, San Francisco. 
um, that continues to just blow people's mind. But I did want to get this in before uh, we go to break because we'll go to a different direction next hour. As bad as everything is for Hunter Biden, as bad as it is for Joe Biden, um, whether Kevin McCarthy will impeach or not, um, whether Comer is going to be able to get the DOJ to actually do their job. I mean, like I said, it was a bunch of bullshit. Donald Trump's own DOJ invested him for a call, <laughs> for one call, for one call. Um, and they refuse with more evidence and more showing of corruption than we've ever had from a president refuses to do anything right now. You know, our country is not our own anymore. It's not. And that's sad. And people, and if you say that, of course, in general society, oh yeah, whatever. Of course you're looked at like you're crazy. Like, oh, you're just a, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're crazy. You're out there. No, we're not. We're not crazy for saying it. It's real. And many times people don't want to listen to it. It's just like, yeah, whatever. I'll just sit back. Okay. So when that happens, we have all these problems that are going on. But imagine being Kamala Harris. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Not only is she the worst vice president in the history of this country, she, I, I, she's just lost. She did an interview last week, and she was asked about her unpopular ratings. And I was so glad that she was actually asked this question by ABC. To say that you have the lowest approval rating of any vice president. I'm curious how much of a role, if any, that you feel race and gender play in that. Well, there are polls that also say I have great approval ratings. Really? <laughs> I think the point that has to be made is that there are attempts to create distractions. Maybe <laughs> nobody likes you. Oh, Johnny Root, I love that. He put that video together. Love his stuff. If you, if you haven't checked him out yet, please check him out. Kamala Harris. I mean, the whole, it, it's a clown show. The entire administration is a clown show. Everything, everything is a clown show. From Homeland Security to the DOJ, to the White House press secretary, to the vice president, to the president, nothing is good. Oh, and then Pete Buttigieg came into the St. Louis area um, to give millions and millions of dollars more of government money, guess what, to Metrolink. <laughs> I mean, mil like tens of millions of dollars to St. Louis, not, not to build businesses, not to help security, but for Metrolink. Now, I get it. There are people who need to use Metrolink in the city. I know a couple of them. But does it really need tens of millions of dollars? And I'm telling you right now, Pete Buttigieg, or as President Biden calls you, Booty Juice, the worst name ever <laughs> for Pete. Oh, Pete. Um, the last thing St. Louis is going to do, and St. Louisans are going to use, is the freaking Metrolink. They're not using it. People here are who they are. Now, maybe I need to... <laughs> go back on that if if ev takes over and we have rolling blackouts are they going to be able to use their metrolink you know i mean seriously all of that money and then and then you have people in the st louis area promoting this as if it's like some awesome wonderful thing oh we've got tens of millions of dollars from the government for metrolink really it sounds like they may force expansion into st charles county oh dear god that I know that's what I just don't see it happening. I don't either. I know St. If it's up to the voters of St. Charles County, it'll never. Hell no. Hell to the freaking no. 
and Steve Ellman <laughs> would not allow that to happen. Uh, and other, I mean, people from around the country, you have your ideas. You know how your little areas work. It won't work in the St. Louis area. Um, people in the county do not use it. They do not want it. The crime that has happened in the city, they don't want out in the suburbs. It's just not going to work. So let's give all this money to St. Louis. And it was because of alleged flooding that occurred that, I guess, messed with the tracks. I'm sorry, I could think of 10 different reasons right now to use money in different places outside of that. Right? Am I lost? Is there anybody that thinks this is such a great thing? As Annette says, I remember Galleria was great, but then it became a mess because of Metrolink. Crime increased. Then, of course, people don't want to go where there's crime, a la St. Louis. <sighs> Thank God that, you know, now the Blues aren't any good. The Cardinals suck. Thank God yet you built a stadium in the city, and that was only because they were forced to, because we weren't going to get a major league soccer team unless it was built in an urban setting. So anyway, it is what it is. Um, we continue to move on with the show. This is Cancel This. <clears throat> Cancelthisshow.com. I'm Vic Faust. Lizzie Sparks is on the chat line today. She's on vacation. Pro Joe taking care of the boards. And of course, this show goes with our sponsors, our partners, and we're grateful for them. With our show sponsor, Complete Auto Body Repair, CompleteAB.com. Everything on your car from A to Z. Curtis Barks and crew taking care of business. Seven climate-controlled facilities throughout the St. Louis metropolitan area. And they're so big, they're always looking for employees. Go to completeab.com. Let them know you heard about them on the show on canceltheshow.com. You can also go in everything with the car from A to Z. We've had several listeners and people who go in and take care of that. Also, Jonathan Heslip from Rockwood Charcoal. He's joining us in just a little bit. Uh, it is the best charcoal you're going to find in America. You can find it at places all over the country right now. Jonathan will not be talking charcoal when he comes in. He says he hates it. He talks it all day long. He's in talking politics. But as we said, he's one of the more intelligent people we have on the show, and it just we listen to him. At least I do. It's like, damn, damn, we've got a doc, doc charcoal in the house. <laughs> so we're appreciative of the sponsorships and the support from Rockwood. Once again, if you buy charcoal, you buy Rockwood. Check it out because once you try it, you won't go back to what you were using before. Also, we're grateful for Greenlight Dispensary, of course, our Weed Wednesday segments. Um, you can check out that coupon that we have on the front page right there. You can go to canceltheshow.com, download the coupon, the promo code for Cancel This, take it in. You can get a discount on your purchase. They'll take care of you. They'll educate you. Um, the sleep gummies have become super, super popular. The flower, always, always popular. And of course, more people, as they tell me, are getting off pharma drugs and using natural cannabis to help them with their everyday life and the situations that they have been dealing with. Kathy Helbig Strick, Steve Strick from Experience Realty Partners. Go to Experience Realty Partners. If you have any question real estate-wise, it's 314-276-SOLD. That's 314-276-SOLD. Also, check out New Age healthwellness.com. That is their health wellness uh, company, which is blowing up and doing extremely well when it comes to um, men and women and supplements. You can learn more about that. Health wellness, that's newagehealthwellness.com as well. Dr. Mahesh Bagway, show sponsor. You're not going to find a better orthopedic surgeon throughout the St. Louis metropolitan area. My two kids have gone on with Dr. Mahesh Bagway. If you have any questions or need to get a checkup, make an appointment. You can go to drmaheshbagway.com. Let them know that you heard about them from Cancel This show.com once again cancel the show.com that helps out as always we're grateful from that standpoint and of course we've also got a new sponsor with the show uh when it comes
comes to the car warranties, and we'll be talking about them, Biff, McCullough, and crew. Um, no, we don't have that graphic yet. Don't worry about it. I saw you looking for it. Biff's going to uh, get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm making a list of things I need to do. You know, no, Biff's going to Biff's gonna get that over to us. Don't worry. Um, we're going to get that as well. That's um, auto protection warranty. Um, we will have them as well. So thanks for joining and jumping in at canceltheshow.com. As you click on our website, you will find all of those people as well. This is canceltheshow.com. I'm Vic Faust. Lizzie Sparks taking care of business on the road. She is <clears throat> south. And we've got Pro Joe in the house. All right. Um, I like talking things over. Jonathan can come in. Jonathan, you can come in whenever you want, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, we've jumped into the whole situation that's happening with what's going on right now with the Bidens, the crime syndicate family. Um, more and more going on. Just it, It's day in, day out, day in, day out. I know people get pissed off and Republicans are like, we've got weak Republicans, but I'm going to tell you right now, the only thing that can be done right now when it comes to Biden, when it comes to the situation is one, the DOJ pushes something forward, investigates, or two, Kevin McCarthy and crew impeach him. But then we already know the Senate isn't going to, quote, take it to a court proceeding. They're just not. Or if they do, they would have to. And then I, I don't know. But I don't know why Kevin McCarthy has not yet. But if Kevin McCarthy were to, would it affect his own political situation would he be termed out um is he looking forward in the game jonathan good morning buddy good to see you how's it going yeah you, your background is the best man it just it looks the best on camera it pops uh it's rocking and rolling for you how, how are sales really quick we won't talk charcoal i promise you i just oh it's august now now we can talk charcoal again oh, i just don't I, don't I don't talk charcoal in <clears throat> july that's my that's my month that's my month oh, off. because it's august 1st yeah now it's august 1st i didn't re realize that <laughs> yeah. so now we can talk charcoal um you guys are in how many locations around the country again uh upwards of ten thousand. Oh my how does one manage that seriously from a business owner standpoint it's it's tough but uh you know, it's a lot of fun, and I've got plenty of good distributors and other people that handle all that kind of stuff, the logistics of it, that I just get to go and kind of play all July and go scuba diving and uh, go play with my kids. And Is that what fun. you've been doing? What did you do last month? Uh, I went to uh, Kona, Hawaii, and went uh, scuba diving with uh, 10 to 12 foot wide manta rays. In the it was overnight it was in the dark it was at night uh, about 10 p.m. and we were down you know about 60 70 feet underwater with. 12 foot wide manta rays flying around um, swimming me? around or you could fit inside of these things if they would have come at you it was but they're they're like puppy dogs do they want pictures oh yeah yeah if, if you have do you have them on your phone i do yeah i can send, send them to joe tech, yeah or if you can you can I, can uh, he, is it better for him to send them to me i'll send them to you yeah i'll just send them to you because i got your text yeah just right yeah here. just send them to me and i'll get them to joe i want to see some of those pictures as your text oh it was them. incredible yeah and then so i did that the first night and then the second uh day i went uh scuba diving through the the lava tubes I've seen uh, those. Yeah, going through those and saw some tiger sharks and. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. What, oh, do you mean, what, what do you mean you saw tiger sharks? Like, there's what tiger was... sharks. Yeah, there's sharks swimming around in the water. It, it wasn't as many as when I was in Oahu last year. There was uh, white white tipped sharks there, and but uh, I got sleep or uh, scuba with the the sea turtles down in there too. So. <laughs> Okay, wait a second. Were the tiger sharks that you saw, was that at night or was that during the day? Uh, the tiger sharks were during the day. The nighttime, you don't see them. Okay, so they rest at night? <laughs> <laughs> or they just don't, you just don't see you them. You just don't see them. Yeah. And, and they're not them. Okay, so did you have a chance to take the family then too? Uh, we came back um, and did a different vacation with the boys. So Jill went with me to Hawaii okay. on my scuba trip. And uh, oh my God, Kona was just gorgeous, and it, it's amazing that Kona's on the Big Island yeah. of Hawaii. It's only fifty miles wide, 
and the elevation changes 13,000 feet as you go from one end of the island to the other. So it's you've got areas that are tropical, you've got areas that are that look like Western Colorado. I mean, you've got all these different areas. You've got black sand beaches, green sand beaches. It was so gorgeous. And we I got, was in Honolulu about 28 years ago. So Honolulu is a dump. Honolulu <laughs> looks like downtown LA. It is. I was going, I was like, I was wondering how much it's changed in the last uh, almost three decades. That's where we were last summer. And we went there just to see, uh, we'd never been to Hawaii before. And both of these trips, I got round trip tickets on Southwest, 700 bucks. Wow. Yeah. And, and Jill gets to ride with me for free because I got the companion pass. Uh-huh. Uh, for using them enough, so yeah, it was like seven hundred bucks round trip for the two of us to go to Hawaii. So we go where we can, where, where we can go. But on yeah, Oahu, it doesn't get nice until you get on the north side of the island. But we wanted to see Pearl Harbor, we wanted to see the the, the battleship and the the Arizona Memorial. That was cool. Uh, but Kona, over there on that big island, oh my lord, there's so much stuff to do, and it is just everybody's a lot more chill. There's not as many tourists. And a lot more places to hike and, and do stuff. And I got I got sidelined here, but you asked me another uh, question before that. Um, but yeah, it was it was beautiful down there. Okay, so when you were over there, could you tell um, that inflation was high, or could you tell anything from a a financial standpoint when you were there on the Big Island? Well, everything is more expensive down there, obviously, because of the shipping to get it there. So, I, of course, when I go there, I hit every Ace Hardware to see my charcoal in there and get my picture, you know, doing the thumbs up next to it in the in the uh, Ace Hardwares in Hawaii. And it's about $5 more a bag. But they've got a Costco there in, in, in Kona, downtown Kona. So we went into uh, Costco to get, you know, a case of water and some fruit and some other stuff. And um, she needed a bathing suit, so we go in there, and the the water. You know, when you get, by that big thirty-two pack of water here, it's like four dollars, I think, at, at Costco. Down there, it was eight. It was double, basically. Eight dollars for thirty-three bottled waters. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, gas was because we put gas in it out there at the Costco gas station. I want to say it was <clears throat> it's about five bucks a gallon. I mean, it wasn't anything more than I you probably see in California. Um, but, you know, charcoal and things like that are more ex- expensive in Hawaii, but they laugh at what you and I pay for fish. So, I mean, it's just, a, yeah, no, I, don't, I, I don't know if it's necessarily, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily what I was seeing was uh, higher in the economy or just, it's a different economy Yeah, because you're 4,000 miles away, but I don't care. It was worth every penny. <laughs> I don't care what I got to pay down there. Weather all good too. The weather was beautiful. It, it changes. It's kind of like Florida that it changes every day. There, there's always rain, but it's not. There aren't very many thunderstorms there. It uh, it changes of that you'll get just kind of the showery precipitation, and it just changes based off of what altitude you're at too. You get above the basically where the clouds are. You get higher up above them, and then uh, oh, we went to the volcanoes. Got to see some lava and. Uh, the, all the, the tunnels that the lava goes down through, the caves that it goes down through to get, get down to the sea. But so, I don't know. I haven't been to the other islands. I'll have to do that at some point. But uh, so far, yeah, that the big island there, that's that's my jam. No, that's really cool. Okay, real quick, we're going to show some pictures oh, here cool. coming Great. up Great. about what, you, so that what we're going to show and you're going to explain is you were doing what again at night? Uh, at night, we did um, I did scuba dived with manta rays. And they're not the giant. Oh, here they are. Uh, they're not the. They're, there's bigger ones than this. There's the ones that are twenty something feet wide. Those are the giant ones. These are the uh, just kind of the 
I guess the regular ones. I don't mm -hmm. know how to describe it, but yeah, these things are these things are ten feet, twelve feet wide at the tips, and they so what they do is they take the it looks like a milk carton. Well, I'm sure it is a milk carton, and then they put the the flashlights in it and they sink it down, and then all of these uh, planked in and all these little critters and stuff they like they see the light and they go to it. So the manta ray just swoops down with its mouth open and eats all this stuff up. And so that's how they that's how they lure them in to come and do this picture. But there what was else probably would it lure in. <laughs> yeah, there was probably I don't know. There was probably fifty of us uh, of all these different dive operations that were underwater. And then Jill and some of the other uh, folks they were up on top uh, snorkeling. And you've got a a uh, surfboard that's got lights mounted in the bottom of it, and you just kind of hold on to the surfboard and just look down at them but i was down below them so they were doing you know 360s and loop-de-loops and all kinds of stuff over the top of me and they come pretty close you're, you're not supposed to touch them but they'll rub up against you as they go by yeah boy i have to get it was this the first time you've ever done this uh, i've swam with sharks i've swam with the sea turtles it's the first time swimming with these but okay. you know you see these things at the zoo yeah, and know, you can reach down and pet them in the zoo. These things, imagine them 10 times as much. But, oh, my God, they were, yeah, they're just like big cats. You know, they're just yeah, like, big cats. Yeah, there's big pets. They're, <laughs> they're just beautiful, though. No, those are some cool pictures. I appreciate you sharing them. I, I, I had no idea. Uh, Aaron says it's legal to fish that way at night down there, too. Fish attracted to light at night. So yeah. you rotten fish, and it makes it, I guess. Uh, there was a lot of boats out there. I didn't, I didn't do any fishing, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of boats out at, at night. But where they do that is um, south of Kona. There's a, a hotel called the Outrigger that Frank Lloyd Wright designed, and as a, a the architecture of this place, we went back during the day just to see the this hotel. And for some reason, they they found that the the manta rays just kind of liked this spot at night. So for the last forty something, fifty years probably, this is where people go to uh, to look at manta rays. Um, when you were in Honolulu last year and then coming to this year, did you see much homelessness? I mean, I know oh, yeah. you got not weather. What is that? I mean, what is that if, like? If, if you're going to be homeless, uh, Honolulu is the place to be. Well, yeah. I mean, no, it was, we get it. yeah, the weather there, but it was surprising, uh, how many homeless are in Honolulu and, uh, Kona, there was quite a few as well, but I don't know if it was just, if they were necessarily homeless as, as, as we define them. It was, it was people that just go down there cause they're surf bums and they can live outside in the tent. Yeah. And it's just because the weather allows for it. And they, I guess, you know, there's enough generous people there to take care of them. But, oh, yeah, there was there was guys the homeless in uh, Kona were very nice. They didn't bug you. They didn't you know, they're not out aggressively panhandling with you. The ones in uh, Honolulu, that was another story. I couldn't think of a better place to be homeless. Exactly. Why? Yeah, they, they have sharp uh, every corner in, in Honolulu. There were homeless. It's interesting. You know, that, I, and I saw this video recently because we're talking about homelessness and I'm going to get into something that's happening in New York and we've chronicled what's happening in San Francisco. But Tijuana has little to no homelessness. None. San Diego has a ton. In Tijuana, they don't have homeless shelters. They don't have a welfare system that's even close to the one that we do. And they're not out promoting like we need to give freebies or take it. And there's no homelessness people find and do what they need to do but sure. in san diego in our country we have all these programs for people oh and they don't have homeless shelters and we have all of that yet we still can't deal with our homelessness all across the country tijuana and san diego which are right next to one yeah. another it blows my mind 
It is so common sense, black and white. If you're doing what we do in America, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. If you're catering to it, it's not working. Uh, and then you have New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He came out this morning, or he came out yesterday. He's talked. He literally, imagine New York City. New York City is now being run over with homelessness. The freaking mayor just came out. Democratic Mayor Eric Adams said, it's going to get worse. Don't expect it to get better. And it will affect your community at one point or another. <laughs> and guess what? They're a sanctuary city. Yeah. And he is the guy, and he has gone after uh, Governor Abbott in Texas for sending illegals up. But he is now, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, is now calling out Joe Biden and saying, I need help. Yeah, and it wasn't too long ago. I think about a week ago, he said, we're full. Don't send any more uh, immigrants up because we have such a homeless issue. I saw that online, uh, yeah, that he declared that. And then he had also said at one point, too, oh, I'll put him up in uh, Gracie Mansion. And then, oh, well, that was just figuratively, you know. Um, It is interesting, too, because Eric Adams also used a few high schools um, to put homeless people in high schools we're sharing the high schools on the weekends they took some of the gyms in these high schools where they had um immigrants illegal immigrants who were in this country because we're not taking care of the borders we've talked about so many times uh coming in and he i never thought i'd see the day where the mayor of new york city i mean i think of the great days with rudy giuliani and ed coach cock coach Koch, Koch. moving through you know new york is great and now it's just not and I actually had people saying, you don't want to go to New York now. I had literally, New Yorkers telling me yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Oh, I was looking. Uh, my children, they, that was one of the vacations that they wanted to go. They want to see New York City. They want to go to the 9-11 Memorial and the Statue of Liberty and all that stuff. I'm like, we're not going there right now. Where else do you want to go? We want to see Alcatraz. We want to go to San Francisco. Well, we're not going there either right now. You no, know, it's, it's interesting you bring up San Francisco, too. Um, obviously, they have a massive uh, homeless issue there, but... Um, because of the drug problem and the fentanyl that's coming across our borders, yeah. once again, the administration not doing anything. Oh, there's no problem there. Oh, everything is fine. We're just going to be just jolly. Right now, the statistics that are coming out, one person dies from fentanyl every 10 minutes in wow. San Francisco. That's latest stats that have been released. One per- Think about that. One person every 10 minutes is dying in San Francisco from fentanyl. And they have a massive, massive homelessness problem all over the area. Uh, Lizzie says, yeah, New York City was great, but now it's just kind of ho-hum. And then, of course, Joe said, yeah, give them access to where our kids are. Uh, Once again, this is CancelThisCancelThisShow.com. We appreciate everybody liking, subscribing, sharing the show, sending us stars on Facebook as well. Uh, Aaron reminds us that American cities in general are are pretty much garbage right now. Joe says it's all part of the plan. And Bendy says, I wonder how Lib Manhattanites, like all the homeless illegals hanging around, they don't. Yeah, well, I know. I, I can't remember if it was New York or Chicago or one of the other. It's one of those two that they were using some using some of these big hotels as well. These nice hotels oh, yeah. to oh, yeah. to house the illegals, uh, the immigrants. That situation and the hotels are kind of in a point where they can't get them out to bring in other tenants because the, their normal crowd doesn't want to stay there now because the place is kind of trashed. And um, I was reading a story about that. I think it was in Chicago. I think that's where it was. It was Chicago. Well, I know that in Chicago, uh, you couldn't get into the hotel unless you were 
an illegal coming into the country exactly. and yeah. they gave you a pass where you were allowed to go to the hotel. Yeah. And the government, I mean, the, the hotel for the hotel owner, that was good for a little while, but to a point where now nobody's staying at my hotel and I've got all these repairs and other things because they said that was the, the second part of the story was, yeah, the government was paying a ton of money uh, there, but also the damage that was occurring. They, they saw the, the economics of it was, oh, no, this isn't going to make money in the end. Of course not. Um, it's just, I just don't get it how you would vote the same kind of people in over and over and over. Chicago is a mess now. I mean, not all of Chicago, but it's been slowly getting that way. And you look at every major metropolitan city run by liberals and nothing is doing great. Yeah. And you travel around. I mean, what are some of the things that, you, I mean, you've seen a difference in the last 10 years with cities, correct? Yeah. I mean, I, it's amazing. We go down to Florida. Florida is always very nice down there. And it, I know how much that's changed. And they, they keep it pretty straight and level down there, it seems. Well, that's where everybody was trying to go. It's difficult to get housing in Florida right yeah. now as well, from what realtors are telling me. Yeah. I mean, the flipping business is massive right now in Florida um, because people are trying to go there because of the job that Governor DeSantis has done and not giving in. And as bad as he has looked against Donald Trump when it comes to you know, political polling for the Republican primary, um, he has done an amazing job in the state of Florida. It's easy to forget about that, how well he has done in Florida. I mean, and you're down there quite a bit, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, I go down to uh, Key Largo to dive down there. Um, it's funny. The New York Times, it was a polling that was just released this morning as well. New York Times, Siena poll. Uh, it pretty much confirms what everybody said. Everybody's been talking about when it comes to the polling. 54% support for Donald Trump right now for the Republican primary. Just 17 for DeSantis. Hmm. Trump continues to go up and up and up despite four to five indictments. And you know, 17, nobody else has even more than 3%, according to that polling. Wow. Um, and of course, Trump already told us that if people continue to throw indictments at him, charging him, convicting him, he's still running because he can. And nothing is stopping the Trump train right now. But 54%, that just came out this morning, and it blows my freaking mind. Um you know, um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm stunned when I see that come out right now. Um, this is Cancel This, CancelTheShow.com. Jonathan Heslip from Rockwood Charcoal in studio today talking over with us. Um, we've also got Lizzie Sparks on the chat line. Lizzie will be uh, back on the video tomorrow. She is on vacation. She is headed down south, so she's still keeping up the conversation going with everything that we have right now. Um, okay, um, we're talking with Jonathan about a bunch of different things. Um, is there anything that has just kind of like been on your mind when you're going around, you're like, damn, well, that frustrates me, or I remember it was a little bit better this way, or if I was mayor, or if I was governor, or if I was president, maybe I would change this or change that, because you, you started, you know, from a business standpoint, you started with nothing, and you've built several businesses and successful businesses through hard work, but not everybody's doing that. It's the enforcement of the laws, I think, is the, the biggest issue. I mean, that's what's going on here in St. Louis, <laughs> is that you've got all these laws in the books, and let's restrict all this stuff more, but, you know, let's punish the gun owners more, but we're not going to enforce the laws that are already on the books, the gun laws that we do have, or laws against stealing cars and things like that. And it, it just makes it to a point where people don't want to go downtown. So I was, um, I was downtown about a year ago at the, um, 
the new uh, soccer stadium. Yeah. They had a, a thing for business owners to come down and check it out. And uh, Bill DeWitt there was there, the guy that owns Cardinals, the guy that owns Blues, and I think he owns part of the soccer team. But basically, all like the team owners, and it was kind of a Q and A of what their vision is for downtown. And their uh, their thing was that you know we're really concerned about the security and safety and everything downtown, and that's priority number one in getting that fixed. Well, I left there, and what did I come out to? pile of glass next to my brand new Yukon. Oh my God. Somebody smashed the window. Yeah. Of your Yukon? Yeah. Of my brand. And this was during the I'd day, wasn't it? I'd had it a week. Yeah. Well, it was in the evening. Uh, by that point, it was it was early evening. And yeah, so they'd broken into my truck. They didn't get anything and the alarm had gone off. But uh, how long ago was this? I think it was last, it was last September. Okay. It was last September because I remember that's when I got it. Uh, but it was, it was wild. So I... I, I thought for a second, do I call the cops? No, what are they going to do? You know, there's no, they're not going to take anything. What's the police report going to do to me? And I was, I talked to my insurance agent. They tell you to file an insurance report is what they tell you. And and I talked to my insurance, he's my buddy. And I said, I'm not going to turn this into insurance. I can have this thing fixed tomorrow. I can do it myself for 300 bucks. So he goes, yeah. He goes, when I go downtown, he goes, I take my son's car, which is a piece of junk. I leave the doors unlocked. And he says, I leave $10 in the glove box just so if they do break into the car, they got something to take and they don't you know, get mad and break my window because they didn't get to steal anything. Well, are they but, breaking the window to get in or breaking the window because they're pissed? That's what he said. It's, it's a little bit of both. He says, if they get in and they don't get anything, might they, they might just break your oh. window because they're ticked off at you. So he says, that's why I put 10 bucks in there, which I was laughing about. But um, yeah, so they, and it, it was funny. They, bought, they bust the back windows because sometimes the, I heard that the front seats have pressure sensors in it. So they, they bust the back window and they go through, but the, my truck's got motion sensors in it, I guess. And that's what set the alarm off. But yeah, there wasn't anything in it for them to steal. But I mean, that was, that's just what gets me is that you can't take a vehicle downtown. And I was, I was at another event for that soccer thing not too long after where we were discussing the security. Well, they built a 3,000 car parking garage right there that they were advertising. And I was like, well, that's great. Your stadium holds 20,000 people. You know, where are the, uh, let's say three person a car, where are the <laughs> exactly. other 11,000 people going to park? And I asked that question. I didn't say anything about my car getting broken into. I didn't want to embarrass the guy. But I said, you know, where are these other 11,000 people going to park? And he goes, well, we hope that they're going to use public transportation. And think, like, oh, my God. Oh, really? Okay, so where does Metrolink, anybody that can afford a ticket at this place, Metrolink doesn't run there. No, it know? doesn't. It's, but they've got tens of millions of dollars new that Pete Buttigieg just give, gave St. Louis two days ago. Yeah, so you've got all <laughs> these cars parked around. And no, all these people going there. The first game, I can't remember how many people got tickets for parking on the street. That's the last thing that you need to be doing in the city. Yeah, giving out tickets when all these people people won't there. be coming back. So yeah, it just it drives me nuts that you know it, there's good stuff downtown to be had, and they can't get anybody to go down there because nobody wants to deal with the crime and the fact that you have to disarm anywhere you go down there that you can't carry a firearm, and that's. That's probably the biggest place that you need one. So and they changed and they changed that rule in St. Louis City for for the firearms that you're talking about. Yeah. So I and I told so when I talked to this guy after the fact, I, I said, Hey, I didn't want to embarrass you, but this is what happened. And he just rolled his eyes. He goes, Oh my God. He goes, Yeah. He goes, We don't know what we're gonna do about this. And I said, It's 
you know, it's the last mile from me. I live out in the woods, you know, there's no public transportation. There's no Ubering. It's that, that last half a mile from me getting from I-44 into this ballpark village and stadium safely to a point where I can get my, my mm -hmm. truck and store it safely and get from that point to the next point safely without having to worry about, you know, myself and my four children. So he goes, yeah, it's, we don't really know what we're going to do about that. And that's, yeah, of course there's no plan. Yeah, and it's it, what it's going to take is it's going to take the, all those guys getting together, the guys that own the Cardinals, the ones that own the Blues, and, and telling downtown, hey, we're moving out of here unless you guys fix this and, and enforce the laws on the books and do something about this crime. I see Ballpark Village or the ballpark itself hiring their own private security before that happens. Yeah, and I feel safe once I'm in there. Um, but the problem, like I said, it's that last mile getting from I-44 or wherever you're coming in from right. to a place where you can put your car safely. And there's not much to be had out there at that soccer stadium. Um, incidentally, I did go there last week. We went to a game last Thursday night or a match. I don't know what you call it. But I had a buddy that's got a, a business right next to it. And he's got a fenced lot. So I agreed. I was like, I'll go if I can put my car in your, in your parking lot. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, boy, that and it kind of adds into this other story that just came out. And if people haven't seen, it's already passed out of committee. But in California, and if it happens in California, who knows where else it could happen? I know all the crazy starts in California, and then it makes its way east and south. Um, the issue is they actually passed this out of committee where the color of your skin will be a factor in determining a sentence when you have done something wrong and been found guilty. Wow. If you are of color, that and it didn't say anything else about where you lived. If you are of color, then you have been subjected to a situation of growing up that didn't give you an advantage to know right from wrong. So with that being said, California is now pushing the courts. The courts are now putting this in play. It passed the committee. We'll see if it gets passed at the state level, and there is a good shot. Everything that goes through California seems to, but of course, it's a Democrat bill making its way through the California legislature, and judges are actually going to have to consider a convicted criminal's race when they decide how long to sentence them. It's a bold move. Never thought you would see anything like this, but here you go. It's Just keep attention to Bill 852. Um, it, it, it did. It went on to pass the legislation in May, and it's currently being considered in the state Senate right now. So it would add a section to their penal code of California requiring, requiring courts, quote, whenever they have the authority to determine a prison sentence to, quote, rectify alleged racial bias in the criminal justice system by taking into account how historically persecuted minorities are affected differently than others it makes no mention let's say if somebody of color grew up in beverly hills and got arrested for something and they came from a, a background of means or whatever the case may be um they said quote it is the intent of the legislature to rectify the racial basis that has historically permeated our criminal justice system as documented by the california task force to study and develop reparation proposals for African-Americans. 
quote, whenever the court has discretion to determine the appropriate sentence, according relevancy, statutes and sentencing rules on the judicial council, the court presiding over a criminal matter should consider the disparate impact on historically disenfranchised and system impacted populations. Welcome to California. And we wonder why California was a state that lost more population last year than any other state and by a lot. Now, I know that they have a tremendous amount of population, but California is a whack job. That is crazy. Yeah. And it's also interesting that some of the people that I meet from California who are not liberal left are some of the strongest um, idealists and conservatives that you'll meet because they have to live in it. And they're over there. And I'm like, oh, my God, could you imagine if something like that came to Missouri? Yeah, it's interesting to see that the northern half of California that following the uh, their secession, how they want to become their own state, and have you seen the where? Yeah, I did. Where? What would they? Would or, they join Oregon? Well, no, because Oregon wants to secede into Idaho. Everything outside of Portland, they've got the lines drawn, and they want to move over there. And it's it's pretty interesting to watch that. Oh my God! That movement—I don't know if it'll get in. I doubt it to get anywhere, but it's—it's it's kind of fun to watch. Um, Robert Peterball says, "Hey guys, what's the race component of government employees? Military, sports, musicians? Any over thirteen percent? Um, not exactly sure where you're going with that." But Aaron also says, "Someone better challenge that all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States." Dred Scott precedents should kill that law and it just what what they did with the uh, the schools the affirmative action and the are being given the scholarships they just shot that down that was just a couple weeks ago um todd says what does your race have to do with breaking the law you cannot believe that stupid that comes out of california all the time and as lizzie says it only creates more unnecessary division which we have in our country can mm -hmm. i identify as somebody with color well, maybe, I don't know. That's, it'd be interesting. I mean, does that include Indian? Um, I know several people who have Indian background or some sort of Indian, sure. quote, blood in them. I mean, the whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous. Well, technically, Elon Musk is an African. South African, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. How does, <laughs> He's how does an that, African. How does that play in? I just, but to your point, Joe, yeah. What, I've, I've asked that a couple of my other business owners about this whole identifying now thing. It's like In what respect do you mean? Government contracts. Uh, not that I would be have any available to me, but a lot of these people that do work for the government, they get preferential treatment if they're uh, female, 51% female owned or uh, a certain race owned or if... Um, you're in a protected category, basically, that you, if you're more than 51%. So what's going to happen when somebody tries to identify? If I, let's say I was up for a government contract and I just said today, I'm going to identify as a woman so I can get this contract. Could that you know? happen possibly I with you know. and your charcoal? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess if I had a contract to sell it to the army or yeah. something like that, I, it would never happen. But I'm just, I was thinking about that one night. I'm like, how would, how would that happen if someone went in there and, and just said, I'm going to identify as a woman and able to get this, to get this contract. I just thought that'd be, that, that's going to be a, a groundbreaking case. You, so you haven't heard any of that happening yet? I haven't, no, but I, I'm just waiting for it to happen. I'm waiting for somebody to do that because it'll be interesting. All the ingredients are there. Yeah. It just needs to happen somewhere. Well, do you think that the government has been pretty good about hiding it in some capacity? It could be. Yeah, it could. There are, there's could be already people doing that out there that are using an identification means to say they're a woman to get a woman-owned business 
contract. Because <laughs> you do, you get you get preferential treatment. All all the forms that I fill out, like if I'm going to go to a, a distributor, I want to sell my charcoal to U.S. Foods or Cisco or some of these bigger companies. Since they have government contracts, they ask me all those questions. You know, are you? Are you veteran-owned? Are you uh, woman-owned? Or do you fit into these categories? And it's no, 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 no. And all of them for me. But let's say I really wanted one of those. Could I do that? I'd, I wouldn't, but somebody but, else might. But when you talk to your business owners, how do they feel? What do they say? They just kind of the same thing as me. That's interesting. You know, we're, we're mostly all small business owners. But these, uh, these bigger companies that do business with the government, they might be able to get away with that. And you know what? We've already learned it would happen right now. I mean, we, we've seen so much crap going on right now but, with the current leadership. And it's not its not necessarily I, their fault. It's the government for setting up a system like that that allows them to do that. Well, didn't we also see um, the government, I mean, when it came to loans for companies, when it came to PPP, or I think there's a loan right now that companies... Is it the ERC or EDC for employees? Employee retention credit, yes. Okay. Uh, you have seen, do you see those working? Do you think it's just more? Free money. I mean, yeah. it's PPP. That 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 was abused like you couldn't b believe. It, it worked out great for me. I mean, I, I needed that money because basically all the retail operations that sell my charcoal were shut down. I don't sell to Walmart. Those were the Walmart was the only place that was allowed to stay open in the bigger places with the lobbying money. All the small business owners all got shut down. And it's not like I, so my business had shifted to online and having to sell on Amazon. Well, I needed to get all those char, all that charcoal in boxes. And it's not like I could hire anybody. So I got that money and used it to stay afloat and pay the rent and pay my kids to eventually to, to put the charcoal in those boxes. Me and my four boys, we were boxing up so much charcoal in a day that UPS was having to send a semi truck yeah <laughs> and i'm serious I love we, it. yeah we were because all the other stores were shut down around us and we weren't even supposed to stay open if i got caught i was going to claim i was food service but otherwise yeah i would have been out of business um, during that time so but there was a lot of places a friend of mine he got laid off from a restaurant he was the chef there and they they that place took i think it was three hundred thousand dollars in ppp money and then laid off all their employees of so, course. So they yeah. stole it. They oh, stole the money. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for employees. I mean, seriously? Yeah, there's plenty of places out there that did that, stole that money, or they, they had these shell corporations, and then all of a sudden they went back and claimed they had this many employees and this much in wages and all this other stuff. I got, I, I mean, it wasn't much what I got, but it was enough to at least keep the lights on and make the, make the payments on the building and that kind of thing. What do you think about lab-grown meat? Have you seen that? Uh, no, I, I've, I've eaten that... Um, that what is that beyond whatever stuff I, I had one of those once it was disgusting and one was enough yeah. right well that's not even lab grown meat that's just that's yeah that, that's, that's that plant that's based. that plant based yeah. stuff I, I don't know about have the you tried grown. that bro joe i i've tried beyond meat but i haven't tried any lab i will not try any lab grown meat yeah voluntarily. well i was looking at a study 1950 the first idea came up of lab meat a dutch researcher in the 50s so they've the scientists have been looking at lab meat since the 50s apparently there's speculation that we've been using lab grown meat especially in fast food for years oh because, that would piss me off yeah hmm. well italy has now banned it so you have a big country now banning lab grown meat and here we are promoting the united states yeah. as italy bans it <laughs> i was like once again 
here we are way behind the times. Are things being done purposely or are, is this just by accident? So Italy comes out, says no uh, lab-grown meat for us. And uh, they said that all the studies for it doesn't make sense. Well, Does oddly not enough, sense. Russia banned it as well. When did Russia ban it? Well, I know that they banned... Um, uh, yeah, I, I, let me let me do some research. No, check that out from that standpoint. Um, you know, we were talking about what brought us into that was the whole situation of laws being upheld, laws being taken care of. Um, that's what you've seen, and it, and it kind of you know frustrates you. You grew up, uh, you know, in this area, and, and you see. I mean, there's no doubt that this area, the St. Louis metropolitan area used to be a much better place than what it is now. Oh, and, yeah. and that's like so many places around this country. I remember going downtown to remember St. Louis Center and you remember Union Station when they opened those malls and going down there for the, the Cardinals games. And, and it the seems like most Rams cities games when have, I was a kid. have those memories. Yeah, buddy. I apologize. It's Russia banned GMOs. Yeah, I, I did see that. Right. Um, it's it just, you know, when we look at and we because we were talking about kids and how you bring them up um, from a study, not most senior boys are going right most senior girls high school girls are going left hmm. and it was the exact situation that i experienced with my kids because i've been in that high school age now for the last seven years with three different children um, one more child left in high school but the boys and their schools mostly conservative the girls and their hmm. schools were mostly liberal and it continues year after year right now so it's it, because your oldest child is how old? So that's that's doing what for the divorce? Yeah, <laughs> right. And, well, that's what I said. Is this a spiritual thing? Is it, it's another way to divide the family? Another yeah. way to divide? How are these people ever going to get together or stay together? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to your question, my my oldest is uh, he's uh, fourteen. He's sorry. what kind of conversations are you having with a fourteen year old now? Any when it comes to what's going on in the world, or just trying to set an example? Oh, he he loves politics. He he eats it up. Yeah, he's. Uh, I took him to Washington D.C. when he was ten. And uh, yeah, uh, you he, brought a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling to my insides today. Yeah. Oh, love he, <laughs> he, he loves it. Yeah. He's, he's a big, big Trump supporter. How did he, how do you think that happened? Was it just because he went to DC? No, it was long before that. He's always just had an interest in politics and he knows all that stuff. I don't know how he knows it, but <laughs> he's more, he's, he's more in tune on all that stuff than I am. He should come in here and talk now. We'll bring him in. We'll, yeah. we'll get him going. Just, yeah. You know what? We could do a show with him. Yeah, he'll talk. He he starts uh, at St. Louis U uh, next Friday. Is oh his yeah, first he's day? Going, yeah. <laughs> St. Louis uh, High School, St. Louis yeah. U High School. Um, I'm not kidding. We need to talk. <laughs> we could. I won't even ask you to say his name right now, but we. He could have a he could have a show. All you need to do is get him here, and we'll let him roll. Yeah. I I will help him produce and put together his own show. If you want to do that, and uh, I'm not kidding, something for the kids, uh, we'll, we'll, our younger, I don't know. We'll, yeah, he's my little salesman. He was selling, he sells charcoal for me. He uh, he drives a forklift. He's he's good at everything. Damn, that's good. Anything that speaks to the younger generation, it definitely comes. It, it it's better coming from somebody who's in the younger generation. Yeah. No, it is, and it can be. That's funny that he enjoys it. Is he so? Is he as a 14 year old home watching? um tv is he reading situations like is he reading yeah, he, reports he reads a lot he likes to read and he's, does, he does stuff 14 year olds luckily my um, 
all of my four kids inheriting my sporting ability, so they're not good at any sport. <laughs> so I don't have to drive them around to all these different sporting events that, and everything. That's like all most, right. Like most parents have to do. But clearly but he's, he's intelligent like that. He is very good. His his thing right Especially now. Especially if he's is, going to slow. Yeah, his thing right now is chess, and he is like scary good at it. So because he, st- he stopped playing. I don't know. I play a little bit, but he just, I move, and he just laughs at me. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to have you in about five moves here. And he's, he's like, I saw both my boys at a young age learn how to play chess uh, from a friend of mine who had in Michigan, um, Dr. Tony Colucci. He's the Red Wings team doctor. So we were in Detroit. I was working at the time. Dr. Colucci became a good friend. So we would go over and he was teaching my boys how to play chess at a young age. And I am convinced they're both pretty intelligent boys. Uh, and I am convinced chess started, and it was only for about a year, but I am convinced it helped something with their brain and how the thinking process and yeah, interpreting strategic. information. It's all strategy. And I wish I would have done it, and I wish that I could have had them continue to do it uh, because I am convinced by chess. I just am. Yeah, it's it's. I think poker is probably similar to it, and that's something I don't really? run the statistics in my head either. But it's all. It's not just playing the game. It's knowing. It's more of a sizing up the person you're playing. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's very very competitive, and it, it's it's interesting to watch. Uh, yeah, some of these grandmasters play. They, I mean, St. Louis is the chess capital of the Absolutely. United States. Basically, you go down there in Central West End, they've got that whole block. Basically, yeah, Rex Singfield, yeah, uh, investor, nature to that that chess and that Hall of Fame. There is fascinating. They were telling us uh, I took I took them down there to see it, and they said the grandmaster they'll bring one in and he'll play ten people that have. They'll line them up, 10 people that are ranked really high, and the grandmaster will be blindfolded, and he'll play the first board, and then he'll take the next move with the next board, and they just the, the person he's playing just has to tell them what he did, where he moved from A1 to B1, whatever it is, and he's got to remember that in his head, and they said chess, the grandmaster will win every time, win all, all 10 games. And he's all he's got in his head is the memorization of where the piece is at. That is a higher level thinking than anything. My gosh, you bet. (laughs) Uh, We've got Jonathan Heslip in today from Rockwood Charcoal and Vic Faust with Projo. Um, It is interesting. Something else. um, I I check on this. This just came out. Eric Schmidt, um, U.S. Senator Eric Schmidt from Missouri, um, said that the Missouri Democrats have been relegated to political oblivion, calling for arson is a bad coping strategy. Now, um, they put something, Missouri Democrats, they said the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't <laughs> need water. Let the insert your word burn. And they put this picture, and I'm going to send it to you, Joe. Uh, this is literally, they were, they're, they're calling to burn this house down. If something were to happen to this house, I could only imagine what would be the consequences i just sent it to you so eric schmidt just put this out regarding it's a it's i'm assuming this is on instagram or it is on uh twitter but it's from the missouri democrats at mo dem party you'll see the picture um a, a gentleman says what would you do if this was your next door neighbor and then the missouri democrats said burn it burn it burn it and we'll show you the picture right here as it's coming up this just i mean and it's one of those things you can see the picture right there 
Wow. Uh, could you imagine? That's Lizzie's house. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, has anybody seen houses like that? That's from the Missouri Democrats, and then you look at the house right there and what you see with that. Does that look like your house, your, your, your son putting some banners up? No, no, not at all. We've, I've seen some houses like that in Jefferson County driving around. It's, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Of course, in Jefferson County. Uh, we love it. Um, Jonathan Heslip been with us. That just came down. I wanted to pop that in there uh, before we got out from that. And that's, today. that's It's brave, I mean, to do such a thing. I don't know. Uh, you're just kind of in this. Unfortunately, in this world, you're just inviting that kind of hatred to come at you. Okay. I have one thing. We have played this for our listeners and our viewers one time on this show. I can't remember how long it's been, but of course it's a Simpson. And you have seen all of the Simpson episodes of being predictors of the future. Um, and people may remember this, but it's interesting right now as we have talked about aliens invading us and UFOs allegedly being around, we have talked about reptilians in the last four months we've talked about other races being here alien races we've talked about two joe bidens um and on friday we'll be talking about antarctica you will not want to miss john moore jr moore he is going to be fantastic talking about antarctica um, a lot of government cover-ups what's actually happening the two bidens we're going to ask him about the ears um, because when I talk to him, he says, you can tell that there's the fake Joe Biden, the real one, because the real one, his lobes are not attached. The fake one, his earlobes are attached to the, the head, almost like it's a mask. Oh my God. Oh yeah. It's interesting stuff, my friend. Of course, that's our Friday talks. I haven't heard that one. Um, but it, I'm sure people have seen this and I know we showed it on the show at one point. I'm almost positive we showed this. But I had to play it again because the timing is interesting as we approach 2024 and The Simpsons. Stop! Those candidates are phonies! <laughs> you heard me! They're alien replicants from beyond the moon! Don't forget your stinking flag. Why won't anyone believe my crazy story? Oh! Oh no. What have I done? What am I doing? What will I do? The politics of failure have failed. We need to make them work again. Tomorrow, when you are sealed in the voting cubicle, vote for me, Senator Ke Bob Dole. I am looking forward to an orderly election tomorrow, which will eliminate the need for a violent bloodbath. America, take a good look at your beloved candidates. They're nothing but hideous space reptiles. And we talk about what the Democratic Party is trying to run in Joe Biden and what is actually there. And recently, we also heard a former colonel in the Army say he doesn't think there's going to be a 2024 election. Really? Yeah. Oh. You've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've been trying to cover all this stuff and find all the stuff that's going on. Um, oh, no. Aaron says, what? Fed works for the Simpsons now? Yeah. yeah no kidding. Uh, Lizzie says Democrats are reptiles. And 
Lizzie also says, what do you know? The Simpsons calling it out. And of course, Robert says, the real Joe is probably long gone. Interesting when some of those takes come out with the people. Do you get up? Uh, do you look at some of those conspiracy theory things? Do you look at yourself as being a conspiracy theorist, or do people consider you to be one? Uh, a little bit, but you know they say about conspiracy, they're only conspiracies until they're true, and then that's the only ab- thing. About the only, I mean, going back to the classic one, I mean, there was something behind that JFK stuff, and one of those days when these files come out, they'll do that. But Flight 800 is the one that that's the one that i really got into because i knew some of the ntsb investigators and the people that worked for twa that uh that followed that and what did they say about that i mean the ntsb ruled i mean immediately bill clinton was the president there and the fbi descended on that that was july 17th 1996 1996 and they said that it was a spark in the center fuel tank and it blew the whole thing up but uh people witnessed an object going up toward it and the thought is that it was a missile now people tried to say it was a missile that they aimed and they shot this thing down because of some guy that was on there. i didn't believe that i just there was a uh a submarine out there that was doing missile trials and they think what a lot of people think is that this missile that didn't have a warhead on it was launched and it accidentally acquired the the airplane and, and hit it because of the pieces that were bent that would have shown the explosion that should have been bent out they would have showed it was bent in and those pieces never showed up. And that thing wasn't in that deep of water. Uh, it crashed into the Atlantic Ocean. Just off of Long Island, yeah. and they Coming out of JFK Airport. Yeah, and they recovered so much of that airplane, but the critical pieces that would have shown where that thing entered or the explosion would have blown out, those pieces were never found. And they had the witnesses that said that they saw these objects going. They looked like fireworks because they were watching. And the FBI came in and said, no, you didn't see that. There was, an, um, there was a really good documentary on it on either Amazon Prime or Netflix, I want to say about four or five years ago, uh, that really went out and brought that out. So I don't know. I, I believe that happened. People call me a conspiracy theorist because of it. But like I said, I, I just know a lot of people that work for TWA that were up there and watch the boats come back in and a couple of them would come back in where they were collecting and then one would go the other direction and then some more would come in and one would go the other direction. I mean, yeah, it gives me chills as I'm reading the story on it. 230 people died that day, 16 students, five chaperones from a school in Pennsylvania as well that day. Um, It had departed at, you know, around 8 p.m. at night and it ended up crashing about eight miles off the the Long Island coast. Yeah, they saw it happen and the way that it continued to fly for a couple seconds it was all consistent of with it getting hit by something and you know for the government to admit that they accidentally had a missile lock onto and do it i mean that would have been terrible so they used the ntsb i believe to just say the fuel tank blew up and well ended up putting twa out of business eventually did it really that was the that was i mean the economy the, the twa had you know they because they had always, some issues that were going had, on i guess maybe that was issues, the final nail that was kind of one of those things that just finally sunk them because that's when they had to rebrand and it wasn't twa anymore it became trans world airlines after that but it it wasn't definitely anything that helped them and then of course the malaysia flight um which we have somebody bringing up too, I believe that that yeah H three seventy yeah. There's something screwy on that that nobody knows what happened on that one. That that's something happened there. And as Derek reminds us, the difference between a conspiracy theory and truth is about six weeks. 
<laughs> Thanks, Derek. Uh, we love it. So, and as Lizzie says, we're running out of spirit conspiracies because they're all coming out yeah. to be true and it seems like that's the case uh my friend thanks for taking time to join us today oh thanks for um, having yeah me. i know you have a lot of experience doing this you're good um you love this and of course you're 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 fun to be around so we I'd, appreciate I'd it i love coming in and talking about stuff hey yeah. before we get out of here too um how is rockwood doing how are your sales doing and of course remind people where they can get all the rockwood yeah so the, july is always the slowest month of the year uh, because everybody's going on vacation at that point. Nobody's barbecuing as much. That as, is as, fascinating, right? I never, I thought. Well, as, as me being the, the highest part in the, the food chain here of it, I, I've got everything I'm selling right now is going toward basically September, October, November. So, it, you know, that's it, this is kind of a little lull when we hit uh, July. But yeah, it, it gets hot out. People are kind of done in barbecuing, even in the retail sales of it versus me that's selling to distributors and dealers and that kind of thing. Um, it just kind of slows down. So that's why I use that opportunity to go goof off. So now that it's August 1st, now I got to like actually get back to work and, so and things, try to... So things pick back up in oh, August. Yeah, yeah. For the retail sales of it, yeah. Things will start picking back up. And everybody's trying to squeeze in that last bit of summer. And then uh, especially as we go into um, Thanksgiving and Christmas, everybody's cooking out. Usually that week after Thanksgiving for retail sales is one of the busiest for us for restocking all the dealers because everybody that went out and bought charcoal for Thanksgiving. Natural lump charcoal breaks apart in your hands. Uh, yep. Don wants to know when the busiest month is usually for sales. Uh, it's May it for retail, May and June, which for us then is usually March, April, getting all those stores stocked up for that. That period between Mother's Day and Father's Day is just crazy. And then after that, it pretty much slows down. Uh, but it'll it stays surprisingly busy. Our, our customers, uh, they grill all year round. They don't they don't take off because it gets cold out. It might slow down a little bit, but our folks they keep going. But even in for me, January and February are always still very busy months of the year because we're getting everybody ready for spring. That makes sense. We appreciate it. Jonathan Heslip, Rockwood Charcoal, the premium all-natural lump charcoal. You can find it uh, pretty much everywhere throughout the St. Louis metropolitan area and all around the country, which is great because we love to promote Just products. don't buy it on Amazon, please. Don't buy it on Amazon. Don't do it. He has said that before. Do not buy And once again, that's because? That's because of the all the BS that we have to put up with Amazon to do it. We have to be out there to protect our brand and mm -hmm. make sure because if we don't sell it on Amazon, somebody else will. They're going to do a crappy job of it. Then I get all the negative feedback and problems to deal with. So we have to be out there and it is just nothing but constant problems. I would love to come in and talk to you sometime about all the evils of Amazon. Oh, it's next oh, next time can I you can tell in? you as a, as a being an amazon seller of what a horrible horrible corporation they are to deal with as a small business i love and to if, hear it. and if you don't do business with them you're screwed well there's some other well oh you mean in your business and your line of work yeah yeah you have to you have to do business with them otherwise you're gonna lose you're going to lose your business. You're going to lose your market share. And then they use that as an advantage yeah. against you. I pretty much, I lose money on pretty much every single bag sale on Amazon that's outside of, let's say, a thousand miles. So I have to make that back up on multi-bag sales uh -huh. inside of a thousand money, uh, miles to make money. And it's, when I do the math, it, we're usually pretty much break even on Amazon. So I don't, I don't make any money. I bet there's many other companies just like yours that, with Amazon doing the yeah, same thing. Yeah, unless you really watch closely what's going on out there, you, you can lose your butt. Yeah, I'm not. And uh, 
Yeah, I heard Pam says, yeah, working for them, I heard, is not very good either. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true as well as an employee. <laughs> but I, I can do a whole whole show on what it is to be a, a small business seller with, with Amazon. Count on it. We'll All do right, it. Sir. We appreciate it, It's so good to see you. Yeah, Joe, likewise. Good, good to see you too, Joe. Jonathan Heslip with Rockwood Charcoal, uh, Projo taking care of the boards. Lizzie Sparks back on video tomorrow. She's on vacation. I'm Vic Faust. As always, we appreciate you guys liking, subscribing, sharing the show, sending the stars on Facebook, and of course, being a part of the live podcast, which we feel separates it from so many other things. And of course, if you want to, you can always go to canceltheshow.com. Check out the original content that we have there and all the shows. And please check out our partners that make these shows possible. When it comes to the advertising, look at their products. If it's something you need, something you can use, use them and let them know that you're using them and or heard about them from canceltheshow.com. Jonathan, yes, everybody's thanking you. You walked away from the desk, but everybody's saying thank you, Jonathan. Great to have you in studio. People loved seeing you and loved seeing you. Uh, Pam did say, we can't get our supplements from the company that has Amazon using them to sell too. So I don't know exactly what that means, but just getting you in. Uh, Derek Pratt will be with us tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow as well. Guys, thanks again. Have an awesome day. We'll talk to you. That does it for this August 1st edition of CancelThisShow.com. Thank you, Beatrice. Talk to you guys later.